Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Mandy and the F-Bomb. Hey y'all, welcome back to the F-Bomb. So today we've got... Jenny Turnbow, and she is one of my favorite foster moms. Um, During an event that we had here for an organization I'm involved in, um, she actually came and spoke, and I really am interested in her story um, because I love her perspective on community and um, the way she loves her kids. So I I guess I just want to, how did we actually meet Jenny? Was it just Foster Village stuff? I think so. I mean... Maybe through Mandy and maybe at a few of your events, Parents Night Out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all did the meals um, during COVID. Okay. And I remember seeing you like when I picked up yeah. a meal. Okay. Because it was your face that was from like your name was familiar from all the registrations yeah. and your face okay. was familiar from seeing you, but I didn't have a conversation with you for a long time. So right. matching face and a name was a whole thing. Yes. Um, so that's really great. And also, guys that are listening, I sound a lot worse than I feel. My voice sounds really funny. So it, it feels like I have like soft golf balls in my throat, but I mostly feel fine besides that. So anyway, thoughts and prayers, y'all. Thoughts and <laughs> prayers. Don't have time to be sick with all the kiddos at home. And I'm sure you understand, too. No time for that. No time for that. So, okay. So give me your spiel. Like how many kids do you have at home? So we have four at home. Um, we have two bio kids. Uh-huh. Emma is age nine. Everett is six. And then we have our two that we foster to adopted. They are bio sisters. Uh-huh. Um, Bree is three and Ruby is eight months. So life is busy. So yes. you said nine, six, three, and eight months. 18 months. 18 months. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Life is busy. Um, and three girls and a boy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, Bree and Ruby, um, was that your, your first experience in foster care? Yes. Um, I mean, they were our first placement. Okay. So, um, I mean, our kind of story, like if I back up a little bit was, um, I mean, it kind of started, gosh, like maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, I am a part of First Woodway Mops, the Mothers Mm -hmm. of Preschoolers group, and it was like my first year there. Um, I think I only had one kiddo at the time, like Mm -hmm. baby Emma, and a speaker came and talked about foster care, and that was my first, I don't know, like moment of like, as an adult, moment of like, wow, I wonder if we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And my first time to see someone who I connected with on like a, okay, she's not very far along than me on her parenting journey. Like mm-hmm. she still has young kids at home. She's, you know, this mom is only a little bit older than me. And like, wow, like maybe this is something we could do. Like, I feel like that's the first moment when God like planted that seed. Mm-hmm. Um and again, like, I think I may have been pregnant with Everett at the time, or maybe not. Maybe you just had Emma, like just one baby. But, you know, I went home and I told my husband and he was like, okay, like, yeah, let's think about this. Let's pray about this. And so a few years went by and another mom at Mops mm-hmm. <laughs> came into a meeting one morning and she had this newborn. And I was like, Samantha, you didn't, you weren't pregnant. You didn't, who, who, what is this baby? <laughs> and she was like, oh, this is a foster baby and I'm babysitting for the foster family. Um, she's not old enough. She's a newborn. She's not old enough to go to daycare yet. And so I'm babysitting. And I was like, huh, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And she like just began to tell me that that's a way that people can serve foster families mm-hmm. is through babysitting. Like the foster families have to use a certified babysitter, but it's not that hard to get certified. Um, and, um, she, she was doing that. She's actually said, she was like, you know, this family, they go to your church. And I was like, (laughs) and I really didn't know them well. Um, and I actually went home that day and like, I didn't even have their phone, the, the girl, the mom's phone number. I just sent her an email. I had her email and I was like, Hey, like this might be weird, but I know Samantha, I know that y'all have a new foster placement I want to serve your family. Can I bring you a meal? Mm-hmm. What if they actually had three kids, um, three foster placements, and that they mm-hmm. had that were new? And I said, "What size are the girls? I want to bring them clothes." Mm-hmm. And that actually sparked a really good friendship. I love um, that. She is one of my best friends today, and she has been a mentor through this journey. Um, all because I just sent like this random like at the time I thought <laughs> she's going to think I'm so creepy. <laughs> Nah, anyone. That, I feel like anyone in the foster community is like, please let me tell yeah. you. Yes, let me tell you about yes. this. Sure, let me talk about this. Yes, um, because yes. a lot of times people just don't want to know. It's like, yeah, it almost like makes people uncomfortable. And I think that's because, and I don't know for everyone, but for some people, I feel like there's um, a sense of conviction whenever they learn more about foster care, and yes. they don't really want to hear it. Yeah, but I'm just speculating. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so, and then just fast forward, God just continued to kind of work on our hearts and continued to place people in our life that were doing foster care. It's amazing how people just get connected that way. And um, we decided to do rest to get certified for respite or li- licensed for respite. And um, over the course of like two years, we had, you know, we did a lot of, ba- I got, well, I got licensed to babysit and then we upped it to respite and we had a, a lot of kids in and out of our home. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, in hindsight, such a beautiful way to 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 um, sort of teach our our bio kids yeah. about like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I the, I'll never forget the day my 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 daughter came in and she was like five or six at the time and she said, "Mom, I want you to help me make a list." And I said, "Okay." She goes, "I need to know how to spell all the babies' names who we have taken care of. I want to oh. make a list." And so we sat down and we did this and we made this list of all their names and she colored, she, she ended up drawing around it and it was this really pretty just picture that she drew with their names. And I, that was like my moment of, we're ready to do this. Yeah. Let's, let's take the plunge. You know, we hear, I know, I don't know about you, but I hear that a lot. Like whenever people are thinking about fostering yeah. and they have children, 
already kind of one of their hangups is what about my kids? Like what's yes. this going to do to my kids? Yes. So what have you seen with your kids? Um, nothing but good things, nothing but beauty and grace and just love. Yeah. Um, and yes, I remember sitting in front of my friend who I basically like cold emailed. Um, <laughs> I remember sitting in front of her at Chick-fil-A one day and saying and asking her that, like, could this negatively impact my bio kids? And she was brutally honest. And she said, yes, it could. Yeah. Like there, there is a million different scenarios here yeah. that could happen. She's like, you know, that's why you and your husband have to make decisions um, mm -hmm. about ages and how many kids you're going to take and things like that. You have to make decisions that are best for your family and that you feel comfortable with. She said, because yes, foster care is hard. Mm -hmm. She's like, but ultimately, ultimately good is going to come from it. Yeah. Good is going to come from it. And I have, I can 100% say that my bio kids are better off today because of this experience. Like mm -hmm. they learned a new way to love. And I feel like they loved these kids in a way, like like immediately in a way that like sort of even like my husband and I is, you know, we're kind of like reserved, like we're going to mm -hmm. protect our hearts, you know, mm -hmm. like. Oh, but, but they love with abandon. They do. They just dive right in. And yeah. even when it looked like we were going to have to say goodbye at one point, mm -hmm. um, I knew my bio kids would be okay because we had each other. Yeah. If we had to say goodbye, we would get through it. Honestly, I worried about the foster child. You know, mm -hmm. that's who I was like, if we have to say goodbye, th they're the ones that aren't going to understand. Yeah, that's right. Um, but my but my kids will be okay. Yeah. Um, and I and and we never did have to say goodbye, but we did face that op that possibility at one yeah. point. Um. But yes, I mean, I, and it truly like just in hindsight, how we sort of just gradually, um, you know, worked our way into the, into our foster care journey. Mm -hmm. Like it really, it was, it was neat for, for our bio kids. And we saw, um, two of the twins that we used to babysit for mm -hmm. at the concert. Aww. And so my kids were like, oh, like they, sh they said their names. And I don't know that those little twins remembered my kids, but my kids remembered them. And it was I really sweet. Um, to see them and and just know that like now they're with the forever family and yeah they're they're still in our community and I love you know, that yeah that's beautiful yeah so mm -hmm. y'all got into this um into foster care was it um because you just wanted to serve kids is it because you wanted to eventually adopt or were you just gonna let that happen if it happened or I, yes to all of that okay <laughs> um I never dreamed that we would get to adopt our first placement. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I went into this. That's not normal. It's that's, not. Yeah. It's not. And I really went into this knowing that um, that, that was, that, that, that there was very much a possibility um, and even that feeling like God was had prepared my heart to say goodbye. Like, mm -hmm. I can do that. It's going to wreck me, but I can say goodbye if I mm -hmm. have to. Um, I think my husband was a little bit different, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I knew, like, I just knew. And and maybe on some degree that was me protecting my heart mm -hmm. um, on some sort of, like, deeper level. But, um, but I also just felt like God use us to be a temporary home, a forever home, whatever mm -hmm. you need. 
Like we're here. Just holding just, it loosely. Yes. Yes. Whatever the outcome is going to be. Yes. I feel like that's hard. I actually had a conversation with someone recently, maybe not a whole conversation, but what I said was, um, I hope you hold it loosely. Like and yes. give yourself room to adjust your expectations. Yes. If necessary. Yes. So I think it's those expectations and holding on to scenarios like so tightly that ultimately are out of control because really what like what is in our control besides like Nothing. ourselves and what how we react to things. Yes. So just holding things loosely, I think can allow us um less opportunities to be disappointed or yes. hurt. Yes. Because well and it allows us the yeah. freedom to to just live in the moment mm. and, and appreciate the moment and whatever time we're given with those kids, um, if we hold it loosely. Yeah. I think that's right. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, so we just kind of went into it just like, okay, here we are, whatever, whatever we need to do. Um, and we got our first placement and, um, how old was she? She was nine months mm-hmm. and, um, it became clear fairly quickly, um, that, you know, that she probably wasn't going to go anywhere. But of course, CPS, the investigators, like that's, I, I tell that to new foster families a lot. The investigators will tell you a lot of things um, based on what they know. And this particular investigator had a history with this mom already. Mm-hmm. And so I feel, you know, she, on one hand, she did know <laughs> that history. But on the other hand, like, then they turn the case over and they're done. Yeah, that's you know? right. Um, that's right. And, and in foster care, everything is kind of yes. up in the air yes. until it's done. Until it's done, until yes. Until it's done. And so a few months, months went by and then it was like, hey, like, we, you know, we think we're going to move her to live with, like, um, a fictive kin, kinship placement, which that's a thing in, mm-hmm. in the foster so care world. fictive kin yes. in foster mm-hmm. care lingo is, it means like a family friend, a friend of the family. So there's... Um, licensed foster care and then there is kinship care and that's exactly what it sounds like kin is someone related biologically related to the child in care and then fictive kin is someone who is like a friend of the family um that is like a trustworthy person that they would put a child with okay so so she might have gone to a fictive kin yes okay um and we were like okay like if if that if this is good if this is you know if this is if this is good for her then we're gonna be fine with it mm-hmm. and then we like literally lived she lived out of a bag what felt like most of the summer because CPS kept telling us we're gonna move her next week mm-hmm. we're gonna move her next week mm-hmm. and it that lasted for like two and a half months and then we got oh a new ca- yes it was it was horrible we got a new caseworker and she called me one day and said I'm looking at all this. And I just want to be honest, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she said, um, I just, I don't, you know, there's a lot of reasons, you know, she gave me, she gave me some details and I said, then don't move her. And she goes, so are y'all open to keeping her? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. I know. I'm like, can you put it in red somewhere? Cause we had been asked that multiple times and I'm like, can you put it in big red letters on the file? Like, we are open to adopt. <laughs> yes. Well, and mm. so. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's going to come in and reset the camera. Hi, Dad. (laughs) Boy, that 15 minutes goes fast. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Okay, so so they kept asking you. They kept asking you if you were willing to adopt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, and I think it was because, you know, we had had three different – you know, we had had an investigator, then we had had a a case – another conservatorship worker, and then we got a new conservatorship worker. And so – and this was all in the span of like, you know, two months and two mm-hmm. or three months. And, you know, I, yeah. And so it just felt like we kept being, getting asked that. Like, yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. yes. <laughs> Put it in red. I love that. Um, and then, you know, it just things, things, ended, you know, some other things happened and they ended up just closing that, um, that shutting down that, that where they were looking into that fictive kinship placement. Yeah. It was no longer a possibility. Right. Okay. Um, and just God's timing in it all, even though that was a ho- horribly tough summer, just of waiting and wondering, is is today going to be the day that they call and say, we're coming to get her? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also tell you that once again, like just community, like I know you, we talked about in, when you introduced me, just the importance of community, but like community did rally around us. Mm-hmm. And I remember even calling Mandy Matthews and saying, like, how do I pack for her? Yeah. I don't like, what do I send? Like, mm. I want her to have enough. Like at one point CPS said, well, we're waiting on this, this fictive kinship placement to get a crib and a car seat. And I was like, I, I called Mandy and I said, you know, like I'll send a pack and play in a car seat. Mm-hmm. I'd rather know that she's in something safe and clean. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Mandy who said, you know, CPS may not want you to do that because they are trying to see if she can Provide. Provide. Yeah. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like different perspective. Mm-hmm. You There's know? so many different um, layers. Layers and ways to think of things. And yes. I kind of wanted to talk about how <clears throat> that waiting and kind of being in limbo. Whenever people say that, and we hear it again and again, and you've said it, foster care is hard. It's not always foster care is hard because of the people you deal with or like the children are hard. That's not always what people mean. Um, It's an emotional toll to love someone so much, love a child so, so, so much, and be in a place where you are willing to love them as fully as you can and also willing to let them go at a moment's notice. Yes. And that whole being in limbo and not knowing, and it could be today and it could be tomorrow, and what if they're coming next week? Um, it is a, an exa- emotionally exhausting place to live. Yes. Um, so all that to say, 
whenever you hear um, foster care is hard, keep in mind that it's not necessarily just doing the things. Doing the things and the paperwork and the appointments, like stuff like that can get tedious, but it's not hard. It's just tedious. It's the emotional toll of it that can be really, really hard. And so having a good perspective going in and knowing like, oh, we're, this is what we're prepared for emotionally. Yeah. I think is super um, important. And one of the reasons I'm so glad to have you on is um, potential foster parents and maybe foster homes that are kind of new to the game. It's, it's being aware of what you are um, signing yourself up for emotionally and being in that limbo situation and relinquishing control and holding it loosely Mm -hmm. that I think is um, what the trainings and all the things cannot prepare you for. No, the trainings don't prepare you. And that's where community comes in. Yep, that's right. You mean that's the, I mean, that's the only, the only way that I feel like you're going to be a healthy, successful foster family is Mm -hmm. if you seek out and surround yourself with community. Um, And it doesn't, I mean, yes, other foster families who get it and understand it and are in the journey with you are important, but just also letting your own community, yeah, um, you know, your neighbors, your church yeah. family, your life group, your Bible study group, just letting them support you too. Yeah. Well, I think giving them appropriate expectations. And one of the things that we've talked about, um, maybe not you and I, but me on the podcast is that there's this misconception that foster care is like an easy avenue to adoption. Ooh. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that... That is a misconception that mm-hmm. unfortunately sometimes is perpetuated by agencies or <clears throat> workers or and stuff like that. Um, and it's easy. It's an easy perspective to perpetuate because people want to love and they want to love kids and they want the assurance that these kids are then going to be in their homes forever. Um, but I think one of the things, like you were saying, is, is going to make um, a successful foster experience is to understand that there are no guarantees in foster care. Yeah. And it is supposed to be a temporary situation. Yes. And reunification is always the goal unless yes. something happens. Yes. So, um, yes. I'm assuming you went into foster care knowing that I adoption did. could happen. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I actually kind of went into this with this um, <laughs> like rosy, <laughs> rose colored glasses of like, <laughs> I'm going to be a part of a family's redemption and reunification. Oh my gosh, you are adorable. Like, I'm going to, you know, I had heard these just amazing yeah. stories of like just foster parents just fostering these relationships with the bio family and just really like truly playing a role in the redemption of their family yeah. and the just rebuilding of a life, of, of a life, of, li- of a yeah. family's life. And um, and that, and that happens. It it does, and it's beautiful mm-hmm. um, when it does. <laughs> and I really was like, "This, I, I, I want to do this, God. I want to do this." And that did not happen for us. Um, I actually never even got to meet our bio mom. Mm. She uh, never came to court, and there were never any visits. Um, oh. It was really, really hard. Yes, probably one of the that is probably the hardest aspect of when I look back at our journey is. And I don't want to um, disrespect her at all because I know she loves her children. Yeah. Um, and there are there are reasons that I know that is factual. Yeah. Um, that she loves her babies. Yeah. Um, she gave them life. Um, yeah. She has four. She gave them life. Um, 
but she, um, there is a lot that goes in just past trauma. That's right. Uh, generational um, foster care, just yeah. the si- the generational oh, cycle yeah. of um, these foster kids growing up to now give birth to babies who enter foster care. Um, so just the trauma of that, mental health, addiction, there's so, like, again, just yeah. layers, so many layers. Um, and I still, I believe that that one day she she will restore her life. I do believe that. Um, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen with us, you know, in our journey, yeah. as part of our journey. Um, but that was really hard because, you know, we'd go to court and I would just, you know, sit there and wonder, like, is she here? Am mm-hmm. I going to get to meet her? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get to tell her that that I love her mm-hmm. and that I'm rooting for her and that I'm in her corner? Yeah. And that never happened. Yeah. Um, but it does for some people. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. I mean, every every story is different. Um, yeah. No two are alike. Um, yeah. But but no, it didn't. It didn't happen for us. But um, I think along this way, at some point, someone told me. Because I thought, you know, I really, I want to play a part in in this family being restored and redeemed mm-hmm. for these girls. And someone said, maybe, Jenny, God's going to do it through you. Maybe mm-hmm. he's going to restore and redeem their family through you. And that was a perspective shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, with again with holding expectations loosely. Yes. Like we have this picture in our head of how things are yeah. supposed to be, whether it's foster care or life in general. Like... Yeah. But holding those expectations loosely, I think, kind of gives us some freedom. Yeah, um, to enjoy the moment, yeah. like you said. But I it's love not. That. It's not an easy path to adoption. No, no. it's not. No, um, you. If you are going to enter the foster care world, you must do it to serve the kids and to serve their bio families. Yes. Yes, you yes, are yes. serving both. You are serving their parents mm-hmm. and you are serving the kids. Yep. And that has to be the perspective. It has to be the main goal. It has to be the um, focus. That's right. I agree <laughs> completely. I love that. Well, I want to, so I asked my guests at the end of the podcast yeah. um, <clears throat> about their F-bomb moment. So it's Mandy and the F-bomb because I really believe that it's the things that just wreck your life completely that give you the opportunity to be your best selves and bring out the best character in you if you allow them to. And foster care is one of those things that just wrecks your whole world. Yes. So in that in that perspective, in that vein, um, I would I would ask you, what's your F-bomb moment? When do you know, oh, crap, my life is never going to be the same again because of foster care? Ooh, all right, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've been thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask me. Okay. Um, And I don't really feel like I have like one moment. I feel like I have the past year and a half. Yeah. (laughs) Because we got the phone call for baby sister um, in August of 2020. So five, six months into COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, that was already hard enough. Uh, we are small business owners. Um, we were, you know, it was it was a tough time. Yeah. And um, we get that got that phone call and um, got baby got baby sister. 
And of course, like nobody, you know, nobody's going to school. <laughs> nobody's going to mm-hmm. Mother's Day out. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going anywhere. And so now I'm like, I have four children, a newborn, um, in the middle of like, you know, a stay-at-home shutdown, essentially. And although, I mean, things are starting to kind of make their way back to normal in August. Um, mm-hmm. But still, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing was, things are still aren't normal. Um, I, and I think that that really was when I knew, I knew that we would never be the same. I knew that God had broken us down and was building us back up. Um, you know, it was hard on our marriage. Yeah. Um, and I, that is one thing I really want to communicate to foster families is that when you are obedient to such a high and hard calling, like the enemy's going to attack and he's going to come for your marriage and recognize it for what it is, you know, when it happens, recognize it for what it is and seek out help and we did. We sought, we sought out some counseling last fall and um, we're doing great now. You know, it was more of just like some maintenance stuff. I mean, no, our marriage wasn't in trouble, but like we weren't in a great place. I mean, financially, things were hard at home because mm-hmm. because small we're a small business, business owner. Mm-hmm. Like just it was like a lot of just things compounding on, on yeah. top of everything, you yeah. know, like a pressure cooker and uh-huh. – you know, and so we sought out some counseling for a while and, you know, we're in a much better place now. But I think that we just like you have to just recognize it for what it is that like, yeah. you know, like you're doing something that's really good. Yeah, you're stepping and into amazing. something really, really good. Yes. So and expect some pushback. Yeah. Right here, yeah. Yeah. And so I really think that we're obviously, you know, we we've adopted both girls now and, you know, we're things are better and are, you know, we're, we're better for all of it, but accepting baby number four, you know, during a pandemic, I would say that was like my, that was your moment. Yes. Like like, I'm crazy enough to do this now. Yes. I'm all in. I'm all in. Oh, and you know, but, but again, like, you know, God has a way of tearing us down and building us back up and our family is better and stronger for it now. I am as a mom and as a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yes. And thanks for coming on. I really appreciate yes. it. This was last minute and you just jumped in and uh, I'm really, really glad yeah. to learn more about your story. Well, I'm just, I'm excited you're doing this. I think that um, the more awareness we can bring to foster care, the better because um I think um, with technology, podcasts, social media, even there is more awareness. You know, like yeah. we are changing the face of foster care. I hope so. Absolutely, um, and that's a good thing. I, I, mean, I agree. So, y'all, thank you for listening. And if you've got any ideas, guests you want to hear from, perspectives you may want to tap into, um, y'all leave a comment and let us know because um, we definitely, as we're raising awareness. If there's something specific that we should be talking about that you want to hear about, um, we want to provide that. So y'all, thanks for tuning in. Mandy and the F-Bomb is produced by Rogue Media. Make sure to like and follow us on social media, and you can find our show anywhere you get podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.